Hello everybody and welcome to the Fable Fellas and the Multiverse of Madness. In this particular <laughs> universe, our arms are also legs, so there's four legs, and our stomachs are dictionaries, and I'm Carter. And I'm Riley, and <laughs> I want to be able to yes and you on this, Carter, but everything you just said is so terrifying that I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep tonight. Well, you know, if if you're ever missing any of the words that you need, you just look at your stomach, because there they all are. That's, yeah, okay, I can't argue with that. There's some benefits to this madness multiverse that we're in. The last time we read a story together, you had a story to share that left us on a bit of a cliffhanger, oh, I believe. Oh, man. <laughs> do you, do you want to dive right back in? Now, I will say that in the intervening time since the last time I read The Z Fighter by high school-aged Riley Frazier, some things have occurred to me that have made me even more critical of past me's work. Namely, uh, the thing we talked about last time, the introduction of the Panda Mask guy. I will back up just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Please, yes. Give us a little... Okay. Uh, guide us back into your story. Okay, so as a reminder... Uh, the self-insert character of myself handed Kyle a photograph of the people that we are after. Let's see. The man's face was shielded from sight by an odd-looking panda mask. Kyle stopped and stared at the picture. We're going after a panda? Riley slapped his hand to his face exasperatedly. The guy giving him the suitcase, Kyle. Now... Over the last couple of weeks since we read the last piece, this particular gag that I was shooting for in the past has started to bother me more and more. Young Riley, there's a man in a panda mask doing shady dealings. Kyle has every right, right to be asking about that. Why is the other dude even a thing? Why did I try to make this joke just to make a joke? It paints Kyle out to be an idiot, and it's not a very honest depiction at all well and let's not forget that you made kyle an idiot long <laughs> all right like by by less you know line two of the beginning of the story which is a shame because i hear this is based on a real person yeah and as i said last time one of the smartest people i've ever met so i don't know i you know what i'm gonna chalk it up to uh the the joss whedon influence I thought everything had to be quippy or funny. I was sorely mistook. Maybe you had a sort of a complex because he was so, because um, he was just he was all that you know, and you were just a little jealous. Yeah. So you had to write your your OC as being more elite and <laughs> quippy and sexy in every way. I was impressed um, over... by his cross country skills and his yo yo efficiency. Oh, I hope that comes up in the book. If, if it, <laughs> I don't remember. But I sure hope it does. Kyle looked back at the photo. Oh, the piercings dude? Yeah, that one, Riley said, taking back the photo. His name is Skinnerd Skulls. Used to be a big-time gang leader around these parts. He trafficked drugs, supplied weapons, and had blackmail on almost anyone. If anyone was foolish enough to take him to court, they the jury knew their verdict before sitting down. 
Lawyers on the opposing team wouldn't even show up without Kevlar bulletproof vests. <laughs> this short story in creative writing sponsored by Kevlar. Kevlar by Skinnerd Skins. What is his name? Skinnerd Skulls. Skinnerd Skulls. Wow, that's a... Just regular that's man. That's heavy. I don't know if that was his Christian name or what, but... It's top tier name. <laughs> Kyle Shiver was not from the cold. Yikes. Riley chuckled. Relax, Kyle. After the invasion began, his untouchable throne of power crumbled along with society. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is terrible. Rival you... gangs... Sorry, what's that? Oh, uh, you're just... You've got you've got such an eloquence to you in this story. I've got the it's opposite just, problem really... that you had in TG Warp, where I over-describe. <laughs> yeah, rival gangs hustling on its turf. His numbers decreased dramatically, and he probably spent the last of his money on this delivery. He waved the photograph to emphasize the point. Yeah, his desperation is no excuse for ordering this stock, though. I remember the last guy who thought he could tame the devil. Who is that? Kyle asked curiously. Riley shuddered and looked up into the pitch-black, snowy sky. I don't know. No one knows. There was enough left to identify him. <sighs> and now there's a mysterious man in a panda mask? Yeah, anything can happen. Mm. We're on page three, and there's 21 pages of this thing. <laughs> there's 21 pages of this thing? Yeah. All right, well, I guess we have to keep doing this for a while. I was going to say, it's going to be hard to get a, you know, get a, we'll have to, we'll have to get our guest stars in here to, to just kind of catch him up on what's going on in the story. Mm-hmm. Let's rate, maybe we'll do one page a day. That sounds An fair. Episode, I mean. That sounds fair, because we were, we are right at the end of page three, so we can put a pin Fantastic. in that dour tale for now. This is like when, <laughs> when like those comics would come out in the newspaper, like prints, whatever. Oh yeah, and the serials. It would be like, yeah, the serial comics where you like you get to read like half a a moment, and then you'd have to wait like a whole extra week. Prince Caspian was it? Like the bit long like high fantasy one. Mm -hmm. It was just like crazy long, but for some reason in the newspaper. Fun fact: Did you know that the original publication of uh, Oliver? like Oliver Twist came out in a serialized format. Oh, no, I did not know that. Yeah, the chapters came out in oh god, I can't remember. I want to say like the Daily Almanac or something like that every uh handful of weeks or so. People were on tenterhooks trying to you know, wait on what's going to happen to this poor orphan. How is he going to yeah. completely turn it around through really no merit of his own? I hope it stopped in like really really choice places like <laughs> Please, sir, can I have some more? And then you'll find out next time if well, Oliver got more. Will Oliver get more? Tune in next time. Should Oliver consider himself part of the family? Tune in next week. Same Oliver time, same Oliver channel. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, well, do you want to hear a story that is insane? I feel like I already was, but yeah. So this is... Uh, oh, and um, so this story is called... The Husband Who Was to Mind the House. Uh-oh. It is a tale from Norway. And I'm just going to go ahead and quickly flip to my page here. Wait, I feel... nope, I've, gone fa I've gone past. I'm going to call my shot. You know how the stories that we have read over the past seven-something episodes have all just been chock-a-block with really tired um, stereotypes for the female sex. I do. Yeah, I'm fully aware. I feel like this is going to be the one occasion where Joseph Jacobs decided to go in the opposite direction. Well, you will be uh, immediately 
incorrect and surprised to find out that this is not a Jacob's joint. This is by <gasps> Sir George W. Dacent. Oh, Dacent. All right. Yeah. I hope this will be a Dacent story. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fable Fellas. <laughs> I've been Carter. That's been Riley. And Keep it can, vitty, uh, everybody. <laughs> Keep it vitty. Tune in next week for another page of <laughs> Zeta Hunter. <laughs> All right. Um, I just want to also issue a quick issue a quick content warning. Um, not for what you may imagine in a story called "The Husband Who Was to Mind the House." Um, this is a content warning for a small moment of severe animal cruelty. But it is just ridiculous. Like it's not. It's certainly not. It's not violent and gory. It is just strange and also violent. So there's that out of the way. There's that. We're nothing if not Are responsible. That's right. All right. Okay. Do your worst. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a man so surly and cross, he never thought his wife did anything right in the house. So one evening, in haymaking time, he came home, scolding and swearing, and showing his teeth and making a dust. I have no idea what in, what making a dust means. Or sh- showing a teeth is probably yelling. Making a dust is probably just making a real fool of yourself. Like acting the Mickey. I ho- Maybe. I mean, he's probably just like flying around. I mean, it's probably pretty bad, yeah. frankly. Maybe he's kicking his feet. Like if you see a child having a tantrum outside of the local mm. market, that kid's kicking, kicking screaming. That kid's making the dust. I will say also, for those of you out there who are wondering why we're going to choose this book, don't worry about the husband. It's going to be okay. <laughs> but not for the husband. Boy, now I'm worried. Dear love, don't be so angry. There's a good man, said his goody. His wife is called his goody in this story. Yeah, uh, I remember uh, the reason why everyone's called either goody proctor or, in one case, goody good in the crucible is because that was just a turn of phrase used to describe any woman of any status in the town. Oh, okay. So don't be okay. Don't be so angry," said his goody. Said his wife. <laughs> his wife, exactly. Tomorrow, let's change our work. I'll go out with the mowers and mow, and you shall mind the house at home. Oh, okay. It's the 14th century version of Mister Mom. That's right. So they're swapping roles. Yes, the husband thought that would do very well. He was quite willing. He said, um, "That's the last time any character talks in this story." Oh, great. <laughs> Awesome. So early next morning, his goody took a scythe over her neck and went out into the hayfield with the mowers and began to mow. I don't know what that means. I guess if she's got a scythe, she's cutting yeah. stalks of like wheat or something. Before there were lawnmowers, yeah. there was the scythe. Right. But they still use the word mow, which makes sense. Wouldn't it be great if in a, in a modern interpretation of something, the Grim Reaper shows up and he's on a giant push mower? <laughs> I I feel like I've seen that in something. Carter Allen, I have come for you. Feels like straight up like a far side gag. Like you just manifested a far side comic <laughs> that didn't exist before. That one's but for that you, Gary Larson. I right carry on there. your duties even after your like retirement. He did. <laughs> Gary Larson did make that comic, but only now that he didn't before, but now you've shifted reality. <laughs> in this multiverse of madness, and now, I'm now Gary there is Larson. One. Yeah. God, that'd be cool if I was podcasting with Gary Larson. You're good too, but like, no, no, I, I wonder totally what he's you like. Very, 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 I bet very one one linery. Yeah, probably. My my impression. Have you ever looked at the uh, completed collections of the Far Side? 
Oh yeah, I used to get it way into that. I love how every handful of pages there's just an extensive article that he wrote about a comic strip that he despised, either because he thought he did a bad job or because his audience just did not get it and they made his life hell for a handful of weeks. Like the cow tools that... one. Oh man, I'm so so the 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 age of me that would be would have been reading those would have looked at a wall of text and gone boring <laughs> and went straight back to the comics. I would never have I I couldn't possibly have even read or glanced at those chunks of text. I was the opposite way because you know me. I am a little too obsessed with making people around me laugh, so I was like I need to read this to understand his science of humor. I need to know his mind. <laughs> I am become Larson. <laughs> so Goody's out doing the mowing mm -hmm. with the mowers. Who are the mowers? Doesn't matter. But the man was to mind the house and do the work at home. First of all, he wanted to churn the butter. Good start. Mm -hmm. But when he had churned a while, he got thirsty and went down to the cellar to tap a barrel of ale. It's just getting right started. Yep. Good old hubby drunk before noon. That's right. So just when he had knocked in the bung and was putting the tap into the cask, so he he heard over overhead the pig come into the kitchen. <laughs> oh no! Things have already gone so wrong. Yeah, he's like, oh, what? Then off he ran up the cellar steps with the tap in his hand as fast as he could to look after the pig, lest it should upset the churn. But when he got up and saw that the pig had already knocked the churn over and stood there, routing and grunting amid the cream which was running all over the floor, he got so wild with rage that he quite forgot his ale barrel and ran at the pig as hard as he could. He caught it too, just as it ran out of the doors, and gave it such a kick that Piggy lay dead on the spot. Oh my god. Things went so wrong so fast. So he's already messed up the butter churn, and he's murdered their pig. And there's probably a pool of ale on the ground in the basement now, because he forgot to tap it afterwards. Oh, it's this is like the original... What are they... Oh, when? When I... When I What's it called in a, a comedy of errors? I guess that's yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's comedy. It's you, you, you caught it. You caught it right away. Yeah. All he's missing is just putting his foot in a bucket on his way back up the stairs. <laughs> oh boy! If only you knew. <laughs> then all at once he remembered he had the tap in his hand. But when he got down to the cellar, every drop of ale had run out of the cask. Ah, there we go. It's a shame. Then he went into the dairy and found enough cream left to fill the churn again. And so he began to churn, for butter they must have for dinner. Do you think he did anything with the dead pig just lying in the kitchen, or he just went right back to churning? Well, because he was looking at the pig, and then he remembembered that his ale was spilling all over the floor. So now I, so I don't, yeah, I think the pig is right where he's left it, out on the front porch or whatever. I have to try to run out. Just stood there standing at the dead pig for five minutes and thinking, My ale! Oh. My ale! <laughs> No, my ale, my ale's sleeping on the floor. <laughs> oh, no. When he had churned a bit, he remembered that their milking cow was still shut up in the byre and hadn't a bit to eat or a drop to drink all the morning. Uh-oh. <laughs> though the sun was high. Oh, though the sun was high. Then all at once he thought, "'Twas too far to take her down to the meadow, so he'd just get her up on the housetop. For the house, you must know, was thatched with sods, and a fine crop of grass was growing there." Wait, so he's, he's gonna put the cow on the roof to eat the grass growing out of the roof? <laughs> yeah, that's his idea. What? <laughs> this is exactly his idea. This is what he's going to do. Yeah, instead of taking the cow mm. just 
several miles down, I'll take the cow up. It's fine. There's nothing that can go wrong. I'll put the cow on the roof because, now listen, I know you think it's a crazy plan, I'm but listening. it says, now their house lay close up against a steep down, which is a hill. And he thought <laughs> Just if call he it laid a hill. A plank, no, it's a steep down. <laughs> he lay close to the steep down, and he thought if he laid a plank across to the thatch at the back, he'd easily get the cow up. So they just have to go up the grade so that he can lay a plank down to make a little bridge so that the cow can cross it and get some grass off of the sod growing on the roof of the house. How f- Okay, how far away is this field Here's the cow needs little. to get to? Is it like 10 minutes down the road? This seems so much more effort. It is. Uh, yes, it's too far. It's t- I'm tired. That's what it says. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I gotta go. I'll, take, I'll just... Look, there's the grass on the roof. It's so good and green. My foot hurts from kicking the pig to death. I don't want to walk all that way. That's probably what it was. He yeah. probably twisted his ankle, but he's too much of like a manly man to, to mm-hmm. admit that he's in pain. I will die before I get medical attention. That's right. He's not wrong. But still, he couldn't leave the churn, for there was his little babe crawling about the floor. He has a kid. They have a kid. Mm-hmm. I hope now that kid doesn't get about in the butter. <laughs> There's a little babe crawling about the floor. And if I leave it, he thought, the child is sure to upset it. So he took the churn on his back and went out with it. But then he thought he'd better first water the cow before he turned her out on the thatch. So he took up a bucket to draw water out of the well. But it says... (laughs) But as he stooped down at the well's brink, all the cream ran out of the churn over his shoulders down into the well. Oh. So he's really You hate to now. see it. Also, I like that he saw his child just wandering across the floor in his house, and he didn't think, I need to secure my child in, you know, their crib. No, he thought, I don't want this little brat messing with my cream. He thought, ah, if I leave the cream here, the brat's surely going to knock it over. Therefore, I'm going to go pour it down the well. <laughs> the kid will never get it if it's in the well. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so so he, so he, now it was near dinner time, and he hadn't even got the butter yet. So he thought he'd best boil the porridge and filled the pot with water and hung it over the fire. When he had done that... He thought the cow might perhaps fall off the thatch and break her legs or her neck. He just so left he the cow unattended up there? So the cow's up there. Well, now he's realizing. He's like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, you know how this scene would play out if you and I were responsible for writing it? How would it play? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. He would say, oh, you know, I should probably go check on the cow. And then the cow would just fall straight through the roof and land in the porridge and just destroy the table. <laughs> if this was your writing, it'd be like the man glanced up out the window. Something <laughs> he had forgotten was nagging him, biting the back of his brain like a cow nibbling on grass. That's right, the cow <laughs> on the roof. Oh, dang, Carter. <sighs> That's too accurate, and I'm bummed out now. Go back to the story. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... <laughs> Uh, okay, so this will cheer you up. I doubt it, but go ahead. <laughs> so he remembers that the cow is on the roof, and is that's pretty dangerous. So he got up on the house to tie her up. One end of the rope he made fast to the cow's neck, and the other... Where do you think he ties it? <sighs> I'm going to say to himself? Yes. After, <laughs> he throws the rope down the chimney, and then walks down into the main room to tie the rope to his ankle. <laughs> 
So the so he and the cow are now tethered together through the chimney. <laughs> He had to make haste for the water now began to boil in the pot And he had still to grind the oatmeal So he began to grind away But while he was hard at it Down fell the cow off the housetop after all And as she fell She dragged the man up the chimney by the rope There he was stuck fast And as for the cow She hung halfway down the wall And then the wife came home I didn't send Riley pictures of this story. You didn't, but I, but but I know... That is literally what happened. This next. is how the pacing of the farce works. At the character's lowest moment, someone is going to walk in and observe the absolute cluster they have made for themselves. That's right. Now the goody had waited seven lengths and seven breadths for her husband to come and call them home to dinner, but never a call they had. At last she thought she'd waited long enough and went home. But when she got there and saw the cow hanging in such an ugly place, she ran up and cut the rope in two with her scythe. But as she did this, down came her husband out of the chimney. And so when his old dame came inside the kitchen, there she found him standing on his head in the porridge pot. <laughs> now, I'm, it doesn't say this. this is, that's exactly how the story ends. But I'm going to go with presumably dead. Cause that, that's just where it ends with him with his head in the porridge? I, I'm so, well, it's not even porridge yet. It's just boiling water. <laughs> What a he hero. Put, <laughs> he put it on for fire. <laughs> so what this goes, I think, to say is that men, men, right? <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about men. Stick to scything. Women, on the other hand, seem very capable of doing both the outside work and the inside work. Yeah. According I, to this story. I made the joke earlier, but this is literally just the plot of Mr. Mom. I don't know what that is. It's a movie from, uh, like, the 1980s or so. And uh, this guy loses his job. He comes home. He's frustrated. And the mom says, uh, you know, I can go back to work until you find another job. And uh, he basically is the stay-at-home dad. And it's... Very much a nightmare like this, although he doesn't mess up nearly as bad as this guy does. And it ends with him having a newfound appreciation for his wife and what she does around the house. Basically, strongly, strongly reinforcing gender stereotypes by saying, Hey, let's appreciate each other and stay in our lanes. (laughs) You know, what I kind of appreciate about this story, as old and antiquated as it is, is that Instead of having it end with any sort of moral, the man finds a way to die in six hours while also <laughs> killing his cow, his pig, to get rid of getting rid of all of the beer that they have to drink, and all of the all of the cream they have to churn butter with, and also spoiling their well. And I'm shocked that nothing happened to the child. As far as we know, we just don't see the kid again. For all we know, he wandered out of the house when the guy was halfway up the chimney. Thank goodness that we don't see that kid again, because if he came up in another appearance, it would have probably gone dark. Yeah. Oh, man. Poor guy. <laughs> Actually, no, the poor the poor wife. Maybe the wife knew that this would happen. Oh, yeah, this was her ultimate scheme to finally get out of the house and free herself from this burden. Because we have to remember that this husband was awful. He made dust. He made, made, he he made, made dust, dust all the time. And he was cursing and fussing 
And, you know, none mm-hmm. of that is good stuff. So if that was happening on the daily, I think, you know, maybe maybe things were elaborately, like, plotted out where, like, you know, she left out his favorite beer mug just so that while he's churning the butter, he's going to see it and he's going to think to himself, oh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to need some of that good ale. Ah, the prestige. And then, uh, yeah, this is what we don't see. This is the behind the scenes. While he's down getting the beer, she's like letting the pig inside. She's opening the door for the pig. Oh yeah, we, um, <laughs> we, yeah, we see that over the past handful of weeks, she has been feeding the pig little spoonfuls of cream, so it has a taste oh, for it. It loves cream. Yeah, and she's opening the door to let the pig in. Mm-hmm. She's putting up a fake sign that says "Pasture for the cow, five hundred miles this way," and he looks and says, "I don't want to go. Th- I don't want to do that." <laughs> I never I never realized how far away the pasture was. <laughs> oh, and the coup de gras. We see her shove the cow off the roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before that, she's up there watering the sod. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like if this was um if this was a movie from her perspective, the big moment of tension would be like when he's looking down at the child and she's realizing that for all of her plans she totally forgot to go get him so like while he's getting water from the well and totally messing all of that up he, she's quickly like she's sneaking in while she's you know she's supposed to be or presumably out mowing and she sneaks in and grabs the kid and like runs and hides him <laughs> behind a barn so you can go get her later so the kid doesn't end up face first in the porridge exactly this makes so much sense frankly yeah really we cracked the case this couldn't, there could be, I don't, I don't even know if there's a moral or a message in this one, but that's the way to read it. I think the message is just what I said before. Like, obviously it's meant to be like, be grateful for your partner, but that's a very modernized interpretation because very much the interpretation back then would be, you know, there is a place for the men folk and a place for the women folk. And we, we, we do just fine where we are. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's probably like a. Some sort of very toxic thing of like <laughs> some other couple, like the other, all the other couples in the village. Whenever the the you know the wives ask the husbands to do anything, they're like, "Did you hear about what happened to Tom? <laughs> he was supposed first. to mind the house for one day, and you know what happened? <laughs> I couldn't possibly end up like Tom. I, you wouldn't put me through that, would you? You wouldn't. You love Not me, you, don't my you? Love. You don't. You love me." Because <laughs> I love you and our pig and our cow. Oh, and our kid. And our kid. I should probably not forget the kid next time, huh? <laughs> Please don't make me do it. Oh, I just want to cut the grass with the side. <laughs> so much Please. Fun. I promise swing. I won't make dirt ever again. <laughs> I won't get dusty. <laughs> so I would. I just looked up the uh, movie poster for Mr. Mom, and it very much reinforces this, like, gender norm as well the caption reads carolyn's a rising executive jack just lost his job jack's gonna have to start from the bottom up and the wife is like waving hand like bye everybody have fun she's got her she's got her work bag for some reason her legs are not there they're just like edited out but she's halfway out the door meanwhile the two other kids are like wrapped up in toilet paper and he is holding his infant child over like the hand dryer that you'd see in you know, a restroom anywhere. And he just looks like he's completely out of his depth. And there's also an artistically placed mirror, just so we could get away with seeing the baby butt, even though that's not the direction we're facing looking at the ad. 
That's so strange that that would be a part of it, the mirror bit, because that has nothing to do with the folly of the gag. I don't know. For some reason, people in the 80s thought that baby butts were the peak of comedy. Baby butts are hysterical. It's it's so much worse that she's a rising executive. I thought maybe when she got back to work, like she was just, you know, like, I'll just go do, you know, I'll just go do something. You can you can watch the kids. Yeah. We live in a boomy economy where there's always job opportunities. It's fine. Not to mention that the movie shows its bias straight away by comparing doing the household, doing running the household as the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. (laughs) Well, with that, I think that that wraps up a nice 30 minute episode of our podcast. Yeah. How about that? Good job. And to you as well. Well, thanks. Hey, if you like this show, would you tell everybody about it and also do the rating thing? You know what we're going to say. Just imagine we said it, okay? You've listened to podcasts before. <laughs> Carter, it's too early in Fablefellows for us to start phoning it in. <laughs> I'm not I'm not phoning it in for Fablefellows. I'm phoning it in for the listener who doesn't need to hear this because they're going to insert it for themselves, everything I'm about to say. Like... I'm going to undo all of my hard work here by going on a bit of big diatribe. Like the like, you know, they smash that bell, like, favorite, subscribe. Like that's become such a, not even like, a, like not even an anthem, but more just like a groaning, like chant Yeah, that people like just cringe at now. Support us. Yeah. We ask for your support and they're like, oh, you smash that bell. Am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Stupid you. What's up but- gamers? <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, that's that's what I have to say about that. So, smash that bell. I've been Carter. <laughs> Throttle that like. I've been Riley. Keep it ready. Woo! <laughs>